Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. This week, we're going to talk about the impact of data breaches on individuals and discuss some recent fines that have been issued by data protection authorities across Europe. So Kelly, do you want to kick us off with the news stories you spotted about the fines in Europe this week? Sure. So there are three I wanted to focus on today. Two were from the Dutch Data Protection Authority and one was from the UK's Information Commissioner's Office. So the two that were from Dutch are interesting. One is a fine against TikTok and this is not the first time we've talked about TikTok on this podcast. They were fined €750,000 because they did not present children with a privacy policy in Dutch. So the Commissioner's stance was you cannot assume that children and there was about a million children in Holland that have access to TikTok between the ages of six and 16 yeah and you cannot assume that they all understand English so their stance was how are you demonstrating clear transparency and an explanation of what you're doing with their data if it's not in a language they can understand. That's a really interesting point I think one that where we're working in a more international environment and the common language is English people assume that everybody else understands English. As a linguist I am going to say that that does annoy me a lot and say <laughs> please try and learn some languages <laughs> that's a whole separate discussion whole different uh, issue <laughs> but i think it's really important because you know it's that kind of it's an assumption that probably the majority of businesses will make particularly from the uk in england where you know we are we will be looking outwards and naturally expecting other countries to understand english sort of how much consideration is given to whether or not individuals in target countries that you're selling into or operating within may actually fully understand what you're doing with their data because of how you've presented that information to them. No, absolutely. And I think that, you know, certainly now in this country, you know, with the Children's Act that's coming in, there's even more onus on you presenting um, information in a child-friendly way. It's not that it's just in a language they understand, it's actually, you know, at an age level or, or understand. The other fine that was issued was issued to a company called Locate Family. And essentially they present information on a website about names and in some instances telephone numbers and the Dutch Data Protection Authority got quite a lot of complaints about this and when they looked because the complaints originated from the fact that individuals wanted their data erased okay. from um, so they were putting in the right erasure requests um, and they were getting no response so they obviously had significant number of complaints so when the commissioner looked into it they realized that this company didn't have an EU representative so there was no one representing the company they had no establishment in in Europe therefore they should have had an EU representative because they were clearly processing information on European residents they were clearly getting complaints about it so whilst they was investigating the right to erasure they actually found another problem and then fined them 525,000 euros for that because it is a requirement under the law that you have that and obviously this is individuals whose data is being processed so yeah I thought that was quite a significant news story because I know that we talk to people quite regularly saying do I need an EU representative we're a UK based company Uh, and there's a lot of thinking that goes in behind that some data protection authorities are now taking action. I think that's really key because it's something that obviously in the UK we wouldn't have needed previous to 
to 1st of January this year where we were part of the yeah. the EU membership and so it's something definitely you know review whether or not you're offering goods and services to European citizens yeah. and take stock and, and look at how you can get a EU representative in place because if they are now identifying if you know different organizations across the different data protection authorities across Europe are now looking at where organizations might be falling down on this it's yeah. not an insignificant fine and there could be a number of UK-based businesses who potentially still haven't even realised that this is something they need to think about or have in place or have documented why they didn't appoint one so that's a it's a really key story to have spotted I think yeah absolutely and I think the other one which is a significantly smaller amount of money which is the information commissioner's office has fined a charity though to the charity it's a lot of money they fined mermaid 25,000 pounds because they failed to protect information of individuals now they are a charity that support transgender and they had uploaded um, an Excel spreadsheet and they left it available online for a significant period of time. Obviously the impact of that is that these are individuals whose very special category of data, it's their sexual orientation, you know, is precious to them they don't want this being out there in the public domain mm. and they have a responsibility to keep that data secure and they failed to do that so the commissioner finds them it's not the first time people have uploaded excel spreadsheets into the uh, online and then they've forgotten that they were there and i think that was mm. one of the biggest issues is that it was just like you knew it'd been uploaded and you didn't do anything about it so yeah. my message to anyone listening to this is you know if you are somebody that or an organization that works with real highly sensitive vulnerable data be really cautious about what you do with that information before you upload it anywhere and if you are going to do that make sure you've got the necessary security measures in place because the impact on the individual and the emotional distress that that could cause is quite significant absolutely and it very much takes decision making out of their control because if yeah. people find information online about them that can then be used against them the impact is you know is it potentially quite extreme for those yeah. individuals and, and you know can lead to severe distress it could lead to harm for those individuals and that's why the information commissioner will certainly take those types of breaches very very seriously and I think that leads quite nicely actually into some of the stories that you've identified in that, you know, where information is used uh, inappropriately or where it has been far, part of a breach. What's the impact on the individuals and not so much the company? But, you know, we talk about distress and harm and you found some stories that actually that's really resonates with those points. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll kick off with one that is here in the UK. So there's a been a security breach at an online gun dealer, the firearms dealer. Now in the UK, obviously, you know, purchase of firearms is highly restricted. You know, you have to go through checks and make sure that, you know, it, it's just you're able to own a gun safely, which makes it really difficult to get hold of a gun. It's not an easy thing to do, like, you know, it can be in some other countries. And so this website, guntrading.uk, have had a breach and the names and addresses of individuals of their UK customers who've purchased guns online have, have now got their details available for sale on the dark web. So they've said, you know, it doesn't include information about the location of those firearms or gun ownership of those individuals. So, but you have to then question the fact that the details about, you know, the fact they are a customer on this website, if you've got even things like the name, of an individual that's enough for somebody to go on to start google searching and looking around other information and narrowing you know what's a 
blanket, if you're a criminal and you want to get hold of a gun to sell on the black market, instead of just randomly targeting places, you've now got a list of names that you can start trying to refine and where they're more unusual names gives you much more easy to identify and pinpoint things like addresses, locations. You know, you can then start looking into social media accounts, photos and see, you know, are there any indications about the houses, all that type of thing. So whilst the firm themselves might not have breached all of that information, potential of the impact from purely, you know, it does say names and addresses, that being available online is of significant interest to criminals who are likely to pay for it, which is why security data breaches happen because there's money behind it. You know, but the individuals are talking about the fact that they're actually quite worried they and their families could be put at risk because now they're identified as a gun owner in the UK, that their location might be known and then they could be targeted by criminals. You know, their homes could be put at risk. You know, they've been advised by uh, various people that, you know, obviously including the police, police and national security type agencies that mm-hmm. they need to kind of check their security settings in terms of their homes, make sure they've got alarms in place, whatever they can do to additionally secure their homes and to report any suspicious activity. But that impact and the worry that's on those individuals is going to be quite significant some time because it's out there now you know the other thing is about making sure for them that their guns are securely stored and that's a requirement of owning a gun anyway in the UK but the impact and now the measures that those individuals have to take is going to be quite significant and the firm have reported themselves to the ICO because I think they've recognised the fact that this is likely to have a significant impact on individuals so whilst you look at it you can say well names and addresses not really highly sensitive information is it but you it to then what the fact that it's linked to a gun website where you can buy Mm. and sell guns you're then starting to piece together additional bits of information that makes what's quite a simple data name and address into something more meaningful something more risky and something that actually are the impact on those individuals whose names and addresses have been released now there's an additional piece of information in the public domain about them that makes them more vulnerable to things break-ins targeted harassment you know looking to get into their homes so that you know that they have can be can be stolen so it's not insignificant and that's why the sms assessment will have been made that they should sell to the ICA because it's not the purely the data you have to assess that impact on the individual absolutely and you would absolutely better say that their rights and freedoms have been massively affected absolutely um, by this so wow and i think again then moving on to the other story that i spotted again that you know significant impact on the one individual involved is it based in the states and links to a senior Catholic priest who has been, his data has been identified by a a Catholic newspaper. The newspaper has set out to, by accessing data through a data broker, identify the mobile device information of the priest. They've been able to identify his specific device ID, cross sort of located that with where they know that he resides and the areas that he would be, and then looked into data available from the online dating app Grinder, which is for gay individuals, and then looked at other locations that that phone has been taken to including gay bars private residences and they've essentially outed the priest as a gay man which if we look at the gain it's highly sensitive information it's you know the choice of the individual as to how they want that data to be used aside from the kind of religious element of it if you look at it purely from the data perspective the newspaper have gone to a data broker and accessed data that Grindr have made available and when you read privacy policies on any apps it will always say to the something to the effect of you know we collect information about your 
you know through your ip address and it's not mm-hmm. identifiable to you it's a mm-hmm. number it's not and i think when you look at gdpr it actually changed and said location data ip address that is now identifiable data and this is exactly the reason why that legislation changed yeah. and expanded the definition of personal data to include those, those technical identifiers because the way in which on its own it's not identifiable but the newspaper have taken information that they know about one individual, where they live, regular places that they'll go to, with pretty much 100% conviction to say that's the phone of that individual, because I know that they're in these locations, and then been able to then track that phone to other locations to prove and identify and target him to say, we want to identify him as a, a gay man. We want to then publish that. And they've used those identifiers to be able to do that. And that's obviously then extremely personal data. You know, and the impact on the individual, he's resigned from a position that was, you know, who was senior in the Catholic bishops council in the u.s he's had to resign Mm. that position obviously the impact on him is his personal choices are now known to everybody Mm. and obviously that's a big impact in the catholic community because it's seen as sinful so the impact on him the way he's viewed by people and his role in the community the role that he he does in church has been he's lost all that through data that he's potentially not had the genuine choice to control because of the way that the acts have have worked yeah, and there is the real risk of physical harm with that because, yeah, definitely potentially because not everybody agrees with that choice or his sexuality, whether or not that's true or not. You know, just because you've been located somewhere doesn't actually mean that it is the case. But he, like I said, he's had no choice. It's been promoted out there into the outside world that these are facts, Yeah, you know, and he could then be put real physical harm as well as all the emotional distress. So it's a very good point, Regina, you know, what you think might be anonymous anonymized or anonymous data if you connect it with other information isn't anonymous information at all and actually read the law because like you said ip address is not underlies a a gdpr but we could probably talk about this forever (laughs) cut it short (laughs) (laughs) i think it's just a a reminder really to think when you're stating that information is anonymous think about where you or others are able to connect it you know it then becomes not only identifiable but personally sensitive data and sensitive categories of information that you need to then really think about and protect so yes some interesting points and to consider and really think about how you can protect your own data and any data that you might be responsible for across your businesses So if you spot a new story you'd like us to discuss, do get in touch with us at coffee at dbxuk.com. We're open to suggestions and we'd love to hear from you. Do join us again next week when we'll grab our cuppers and chat more about the exciting world of data and data protection. 